and strategize together. Let's hear it from an expert. Join the conversation, it's informative and free. You and me, let's talk some strategy. Here's your host, Doreen Morin Van Dam. Hello, everybody. I am your host, Doreen Morin Van Dam. Nice to see all of you here. If you're here live, thank you for joining us. If you're here um, on the replay, put hashtag replay. And if you're listening to Strategy Talks, as always, as a podcast, I want to welcome you. Today, we're going to talk about Facebook ads. But before we do, I want to do a quick shout out to our sponsor, Social Insider. As always, they are the intuitive dashboard for social media analytics, reporting, and competitors analysis for brands and agencies. If you need data for your social media, you need Social Insider. So, uh, we were in the back room, in the green room, my guest and I, and we were just chatting. So I'm just going to bring him up on screen because we were talking a mile a minute. And there he is, Azio Rats. We are just talking Facebook ads and clients. And it was an incredible conversation. <laughs> and then we looked at the clock and realized we were past the time of starting. So we are here. Azriel, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I know you had to wake up kind of early for this. Yeah, no, that's fine. So Azrael Rats, who is he? They call him the king of Facebook ads. He has been managing Facebook ads campaigns for over a decade with an expertise in fashion, e-com. Azrael has generated well over 100 million in revenue for clients, taught thousands of students and speaks international on the topic of Facebook ads. So you really are the king of Facebook ads, aren't you? That, that, that is what they call No, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've been doing this for a, a long, long time. Yeah, so we were just chatting and it's interesting. We all, those of us who've been in social media and you know whether they're organic or paid have been in this for a while, some of us. And like you, like me, you have kind of evolved over the years. So you really, your focus now is fashion, e-com, e e-com, right? E-commerce. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So um, that's interesting because you know, we all have specialties and we niche down and this is where you are right now. Was that an accident, Azrael, that you got there? Or So, so I mean, I, th I think if we go back, so 10 years ago, I was working for a nonprofit organization and I, li I live in Israel. So I'm not like connected to like the big marketing companies in America that I don't, I didn't know about them back then. And uh, my boss basically had this idea, like we already have an email list. Why don't we just post the content we're anyways writing on to Facebook? And back then there was no Instagram. So it was Facebook and Twitter. Maybe there was a Pinterest and we had an email newsletter. That was basically it. And when we saw the crazy success of Facebook, um, we, they built them, they, they basically figured out they could take Facebook ads, sure. grow the email list, build an online publishing system where they would write articles all the time. And then they would sell stuff in the articles. And that was the entire idea. And so there was nothing, we didn't, there was no, good example of that outside of what we were doing and we grew the email list like 150,000 subscribers and i said to my boss like why don't we do this for other businesses like we're a nonprofit organization like yeah, there's so sure. many businesses that can make a lot of money yeah. that could do the same thing so as i started digging in i found out that there are a lot of these online publishers at the time the big one i was looking at was like refinery 29 it's like enormous yes. fashion 
um, uh, like basically Vogue of, of you know the 21st century, um, even though Vogue is still in the 21st century. Um, and they basically figured out like we have a lot of emails and those people read emails and we sell stuff in the emails and they probably made a ton of money. But like we had really figured out a system that grew um, that grew email lists. Like we had sure. figured out how to do this using ads. Um, and it wasn't really a thing that people were doing. So I my like idea when I first quit my job to start my own business in 2015 was online publishers. So like I was convinced that online publishers were going to be this thing that everyone's going to be very excited about. Like all the online publishers were of course going to want to do this. And I reached out to all of them and they were like, we're, we don't pay for emails. Like that's not the thing we want to do. And it's just because they didn't understand. Like I, I it's a, the long-term play of an email is so much more valuable than a single link click. Yeah. But back then there was a big thing called click, um, click arbitrage, which is basically you were getting paid from a Google ad. Let's say like, uh, a quarter of a cent for every yes, page. Yes, I remember year. that. I remember and that. You could get a user to come to 15 pages. You'd make, I don't know, three, four cents. And you could run a Facebook ad to get a page click, a click for half a penny back then. So if you just play the game where you're spending money for a link click and you're making, you know, you pay a half a penny per click and you make a penny and a half per click, you're just printing money. So that's what all these online publishers were doing. And to them, it didn't make sense to pay for the email when they were making the cash. Like they were literally right. making money up front. It's like, yeah, but if you get a single user and they're worth 50 cents and you're paying a quarter for them, yeah, you know, that's a lot more money to make. So that wasn't, they were not interested. They so were not interested. Sort of, sort of like attempted that. It didn't work. And I sort of ended up like in business coaches. I ran a lot of ads for business coaches and um, it's a whole world on itself. It happens to be business coach is a very interesting world mm -hmm. and um, it was not for me. So I sort of left that and um, I sort of landed on this person that I had met and they were telling me about their business. And I thought it was wild that essentially they have a system that basically they can make as much product as is needed to sell almost into like within a week, they can make the product yeah. they can have it sent to their company and they're literally like spending $15 to make $50, to make $100, $200. And um, as the math worked out, these brands, and you know, the top of the screen says the four pillars of optimize, to optimize ad, ad performance. Yeah. And, and the, they, it, tend, it happens to be that fashion brands likely have all four. So it's basically like you get to keep getting the best hand dealt to you every time you play the game because fashion brands just fit the, the mold so well of what is needed for ads. And I just looked at it and said, this is the type of company I could essentially show up to 80% of fashion brands and say, this is what I'm doing for these four other brands. And you need to do it too. to your brand and print money. Yeah. So let's, so, so let's dive into those four pillars. Let's go. Let's go. Let's people go. are listening. People are watching. <laughs> let's go. What are those four pillars? Because I'm an organic specialist. People that are watching might be in marketing. They might be organic. They might be paid. You handle a lot of people's money, a lot of accounts, right? You, yeah. you spend a lot of money on, on ads. And before we get into the four pillars, one question, you do both Facebook and Instagram since they're Correct. integrated now. Correct. So you consider Correct. that like one product? It's one product. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I just wanted to get that clear. If you're watching this, if you're listening, um, when we're talking about, you know, Facebook ads or meta, um, you know, we're talking about both putting the ads cool. on Facebook and Instagram. So and, four and, pillars. And I actually find out that less and less people know that as I have conversations. 
Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Well, because it, they're so vastly, they look so vastly different. Correct. Although if you set it up right, and this was going to be one of my questions, what do we need to set it up right? Um, if you're <laughs> new, we know that they belong in the same meta suite, right? But a lot mm -hmm. of people don't have them. That's one of the most frequently asked questions that I see in the online forums for social media managers. They get a new account. And this is, has nothing to do with the four pillars, by the way, but let's just get on this now real quick. They get onboarded as a new client and they can't add the Instagram account to the meta suite or they can't grab the page because somebody else owns it. What, what happened? When did this happen? And can you just explain like in one well, minute? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Facebook realized that there were a lot of hands on any individual piece of business. And meant there are, it's very likely that when you're like an enormous company and you have a thousand people that need access to something. So each individual piece had to be able to like run on its own. So Facebook is like, we're going to build a suite. They call it um, business manager. And essentially what that allows the owner of the business, whoever's managing the business to structure each individual piece um, on its own. So you like, let's just give an example. Like you imagine uh, Starbucks, right? So Starbucks could have, has thousands of different stores all over the world. And it's likely they're running, I don't know this for sure, but it's likely they're running pages in every single, you know, every single relevant language. Sure. And they have ad accounts for each company, each like little portion of their company that's running different languages. So if this guy Todd works for the French Starbucks, he does not need and should not have access to uh, the German and the English and uh, whatever other languages, and you should not have access to the other ad accounts. So they need to create a system where basically you have hundreds of Todds all needing different access. They had to build a system that allows you to give the right access to the right people. I see. The thing is that they just sort of built that in 2018 and said, well, this is how it is now. And they never like thought through what happened when it became more complicated. So as an example, a company came to me and they bought a business. And with right. that business, they got the Facebook page. With that business, they got the email list. With that business, they got the ad account, but they did not get the business manager. So even though they were able to move the ad account, they could not move the Facebook page. And it was trapped in this random business manager of the old, and it wasn't even the owner of the last business. It was some guy that had worked for him years ago, but it didn't matter because he had the access he needed. And I deal with these issues so often and Facebook just goes, oh, well, there's nothing we can do. I'm like, I don't understand. They bought the business. They are the owners. We have a paper that says they are the owners of this business. Um, so it, I run into these issues all the time. What I tell people is like, don't put your Facebook page into your business manager. It works just fine without it. And you could give people access directly on the page. So whenever things get stuck, I try to just tell them like, just don't attach it to your business manager. The only reason I care about business manager at all is because there's one thing that business managers can do if you have account, attached your ad account, then ad accounts without a business manager. And that is targeting your email list. So okay. everyone on earth wants to target your email list, but you can only upload an email list if that ad account is attached to the business manager. So all okay. I care about is that that's attached and I don't want anything else really, like unless, again, unless you have one of these enormous businesses with all of this structure that you need the structure, great and fantastic. But if yeah. you're just a small business and it's you and one other person or maybe two other people and they all have access to everything, then Don't. that's 
just keep it keep it close to your heart and yeah when when i work with business owners we just had to untangle one last year where somebody had set up a business suite and the email was disconnected that we could see who had done it that person was gone the email was gone there was no way we had to start a new page because they wanted to run ads and they wanted to put it all in the meta suite so yeah so let's go to four pillars to optimize ad performance let's do it Okay. okay so number one is you need to have a warm audience. A lot of businesses will come to me or any advertiser and say like, I have this idea for a business. I have this product. I want to see how to sell it. And so what I look at at first is I say, you know, to me, there's three parts of a Facebook ad. When you first show up to Facebook, you look at the, the who, who am I targeting? Like who the right person is, sure. the how of like, how am I getting them to go from having never heard of me to buying? And the what is like the thing I'm selling and the offer in which that is being sold. Hmm. So if you come to Facebook and you don't have you don't have knowledge of at least two of those items, you can potentially never learn the answer to your question. So just give an example. Let's say you know you're selling my, um, computer mice, okay? Yeah. So you say, I know I'm selling computer mice. That's the what, I know what the what is, but I don't know who to sell to and I don't know how they want to buy. They, I don't know the ad they need. I don't know the landing page, I don't know all that stuff. So I show up and I make an ad and I target people, well, I don't know, people that have interest in computers. And I sort of hope like maybe they care about mice. I don't actually know. And then I start running ads. What will happen already, I can, I know will happen is that your cost per impression will be high because Facebook finds the ad you make, unless you're magically did it right on the first try, your, the ad you make will be poor quality to the audience you're targeting. That So your CPM, cost per impression will be high. Your CPC, cost per click will be high because they won't click on it. They, they right. don't have an interest. Then the time on site that they spend, the person, if the person actually does click, they won't spend very much time. So time on site will be very low and conversion rate will be low. Right. The problem is that that same case of high CPC and CPM and low time on site and low conversion rate will be the same data you will get whether or not you get the audience right or you get the funnel, the, the, the uh, ads and landing pages right. So you won't know which one's right. You won't know, oh, I, I, I managed to get the right people. I just have to tweak the ad. Or I, I got the right ad. I just have to find better people. And you might never know unless you just get lucky and it gets right. Right? You could so, totally make so, so what you're saying is you need two other, uh, out of those two three out things? Of the three things. Okay. So what the, easy, the easiest of the three is the, the what. You know what you want to sell. You've made a business around yeah, this product. Sure. And the who is the people I want to target. So if you can come to Facebook and say, I know who to target because they've already bought from me. And we're going to get to that, that they've already bought from me later thing. So if I know the people because they are already on my email list, they've already been to my website, they've already engaged with my Facebook page, they've already watched 20% of my video that I made. I can come to Facebook with that data, the warm audience data, and do two things. One, target them again, those warm audiences. And two, tell Facebook to find more people like that group of people. But if I don't have any people, I can't tell Facebook who to reach. Interest won't be enough. You don't have any data to make a lookalike. And using broad targeting, just say Facebook figured it out, they have nothing to figure it out with. Right. So I want a business to show up to Facebook with an engaged, excited audience of people that already know what they're doing with someone like that knows how to run organic marketing. Right. right. So okay. We've already done this organic marketing stuff. And now 
they could use that organic marketing stuff in ads. So that's right. number one. So in, number one, know your audience, have a is, warm audience. Have a warm audience and then leverage the warm audience both by reaching them and finding new users like them. That's number one. Okay. Number two is quality content. So I probably would say of all the things that businesses do wrong, it's they don't make enough good content or any type, enough of content, enough content in general. I think that's a, a big issue for most businesses. They don't make enough content. So I had a business come to you one time and they said, we want to run ads. Here's the five creatives that we're testing right now. And I go, okay, great. And I got the five ads up and we ran ads for two weeks. And I said, okay, where's the more ads? Like we, we tested it. We got the best ones and they're running. And I, I need more ads. Like we want to keep running. And they said, well, we, we don't have any one to make more ads. We just, we paid a designer to make these five and that's the five we have. I said, so we're done. Like, it's been great. Have a great night. It's been great. So like, well, we can hire someone. It'll take three weeks, three. I'm like three weeks. That's what do I have to do for three weeks now? No. So then they finally get me new creative in three weeks. And I go, okay, they're up now. Where's the new creative? And so if you don't have a system of making new content, you are going to, the, the problem is going to be two things. Number one, if you happen to get it right, over time, that ad will fatigue, meaning it will stop working over time. Sure. You'll reach the people you reach. The, the, the way it performed before is not how it performs now. And you need to just rotate out content. And two, if you aren't getting it right, sitting around with poor content, you need to just keep making more until you get it right. So you want to be making content, whether or not your ads are performing, because if they aren't, you need more. And if they are, you'll need more. All um, right. So, so let me ask you a quick question here. I love this because I'm a content creator. So I, to I totally get this. People hiring somebody for like five videos and then that's it. I've got five videos. Like, what can I do with five videos? Um, but uh, you, when you talk about content, it, are you talking about the creatives, like the, uh, the image or the video, or are you talking about the copy or both? Both. Uh, both. Yes, whole, you need, whole, you need you all need of it, right? You need, both, a, a, okay, all right. Yes. So just wanted to make clear if somebody's watching, this is not just hiring a designer to create a video or an animated image or an image, but also a copywriter to write different copy because you got to test a bunch of stuff. Right. All right. right. So yes. two pillars. Two, two of the four so far. Okay. So, We've got about 12 minutes left. So <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Pillar so, three. Pillar three. So we got number one was the audience. Number two. Oh, okay. Number three is two parts. So number three is a proven product and a proven funnel. So this is where the how from the first step fits in, right? The how is, how are you getting this person to actually want to buy this product? So I had a person come to me, I don't know, like a year ago, and they had just designed a brand new product for their audience. So they had a ton of parents following them on social media, like half a million people following them that were parents. And they said, I'm making this product for parents. And they made a product and they announced it to those people and none of them bought not a single one, zero sales. They like designed it, created it, produced it, shipped it like to their inventory and no one bought any of the products. So they came to me like, we want to run Facebook ads. And I said, to what? And they're like, to this thing. I'm like, no, you don't. That sounds terrible. Why would you want to do that? They're like, well, if you want to sell, I'm like, well, if you couldn't sell it to your people organically, you don't want to try, you don't want to waste your money not selling it to them also through paid. 
So before you run your ads, you want to know the product is proven, that people actually want to buy this thing. This is something people want. This is so smart. This is like a piece of marketing advice, but a piece of business advice. Like just because, and here's where people go wrong. And I'm just telling you, if you, I'm talking to you, entrepreneur, is that you often, and I include myself, we forget that we serve an audience. So it doesn't matter if you like the product or necessarily if you would use it. Everything you do when you design a product has to be in my, keep in mind the ideal audience. What do they need? What do they want? What pain point are you, are you, uh, are you addressing? And how will it make their life better? And if you keep thinking, well, I would use it this way or I would use, you are a one person. That's not a case study. I'm just putting it out there. It, it happens to be, I was, I assume you are familiar at least with Alex Carmozzi, like you've heard his name. Yeah. So I was listening to his podcast once and he made a comment. He said, you know, when you start a business, you can sell anything you want. If your thing isn't selling, it just means you chose a hard thing to sell. You could easily sell an easy thing to sell. So I never thought about that. Like, like when someone started a business, they decided to sell a hard thing to sell. Like that's pretty dumb. So like I met this guy who sells like slime on the internet. Right. And everyone loves slime. So he like he doesn't even need to run ads and he's making tons and tons of money selling slime on the Internet. Another guy I met, he sells samurai swords. So you actually can't run ads to samurai swords, but everyone wants to own a samurai sword. So he's like getting tons of people to buy samurai swords and he's just making cool content about samurai swords on the Internet, like cutting watermelons and lighting like they like cook like meat on top of it on like as like as like a stove or whatever. And so what he did figure what Alex Ramoni was saying was like you Choose what you sell. Like it, you could sell an easier thing to sell. You just find a thing people want to buy and then they want to buy it. Uh, which is like a funny thing to comment on. Like people make a thing and hope people want to buy it. Don't hope anything. Like find out if they want to buy it. Sell it first and then, you know, have a way of getting it to them after you, you know they want to buy it. Yeah. So, All right. So Good point. Good point. We both see the same issues with people. <laughs> Very interesting. All right. So you had so, a second so, part so second to that. So you've proven the product. Have you proven the way to sell the product, the funnel itself? So Ooh. the example I have here was actually back in my business coaching days that a business coach came to me and she said, I want to sell this thing with ads. And I said, great. How many have you sold? She's like, I made $50,000 of them. I'm like, great. That's, that's fantastic. So let's run ads for it. So she made a video. We made a landing page. We started sending traffic to it. And in like the first two weeks, we didn't get anything. We didn't get any sales. So I came to her and I said, like, well, what do you think like wrong here. Like we're getting the clicks, we're reaching your audiences. That makes sense. We're just not getting any sales. She said, well, I have no idea, but it's so nice to not get on sales calls. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, the way I made the last $50,000 was with sales calls. I'm like, okay, why, why did you, why did you stop that? She's like, well, I do Facebook ads now. I'm like, to what, what, what's it going to? It's going to a credit card page. And so she was selling a $3,000 product with a, a sales page that went to a, a went to a credit card check out instead so, of to a person who can have a phone call and nurture so, the lead so so she was like well yeah now that we're running facebook ads we don't need sales i'm like no no you never sold with with the sales page to a credit card checkout you've always sold to a phone call and then you sold it to them on the phone call that's how you did it why did we why did you change it like you never she didn't inform me of this information before that we had run the ad so essentially what happened was she was using a, she was selling a proven product, but without the proven funnel, which was with her sales calls. So I said, like, stop trying to sell people three thousand dollar item by swiping their credit card. You got to get them on the phone to get them to buy the stuff. So that's how you use 
know the, the how that we spoke about from before, that we want to make sure that this is how people actually buy this thing. So look around. People are selling your thing. You're probably, your thing is probably not that unique. And that you look around and you see like, oh, other people are selling it. How are they selling it? What is the offer that they're doing? How are they finding those people? How are they selling those people? And just don't like literally copy their land. Do not just like copy their landing pages, but like be inspired by how they're doing it, by doing it in a similar way. So that is number three. And the fourth one, which is almost like, it's not like a secret people. I feel like people don't know this. If you sell your thing for very little money, you will make very little money when you sell it. So my, my suggestion is that your average cart should be for Facebook somewhere around 110, 110 to like 200, 250, somewhere in that range between 100 and 250. The reason for that is below 100, by the time you make the product and get it to your store and keep it in your inventory and pay for your electricity and pay for the returns and any damaged products. So like you pro it's probably costing you somewhere around 30% of the cost of the item sure. before you've ever sold the item. Okay. Right. And now you're selling it for $20 or $40. So 30% of 40 is $12. So you're already out $12 from 40. So that's 28, you know, $28. And now we're going to sell it for 20. Okay. We're going to sell it for, let's just call it 20. You make $8. Congratulations. $8. Okay. <laughs> but then you still haven't dealt with returns. You haven't dealt with discount codes. You haven't dealt with all that other stuff. By the time you're done selling your $40 product, you probably make like $3. And it probably wasn't worth going through that work to make yeah. $3 the profit. But if all of a sudden it's $150 and you play the same numbers again, all of a sudden it's not $4, it's $40. So, that is a very important piece. And I've met so many businesses. Like I met this guy, he, he's, he's killing it on Amazon and it's really great. And he's like selling, you know, toys and puzzles and games. And they're all like in this range of somewhere between like 15 and $35. And I said, it's, it works really well on Amazon. Someone's searching for puzzles and you show up number four in the puzzle section of, of Amazon, you can make a ton of money. But if you're running the same puzzle for $15 on Facebook, you're not making any profit. No. Like you're just, it's just not happening. Like it's just not happening. So it's a very important thing to have a good average cart, which again, somewhere between hundred, like I'm flexible, uh, somewhere around hundred to somewhere around 250. Above 250, all of a sudden people start thinking a lot more about the product. Like I'm buying a $500 table. So like I need maybe a I, I, I might need to see it in person and I go touch it there before you know I'm prepared to, uh, to to swipe this credit card you know like for example a business coaching package for three thousand dollars I might want a phone call for example um, to actually sell that thing so that that's that's where I want to be and obviously there are exceptions to the rule for example the guy that sells slime he might be able to get sales for a low enough price he might be able to make the product for a low enough price that it makes sense to sell it for. $40 versus a hundred. Then right. there are people that, you know, if you're a super well-known business that's selling a top of the line, well-known, like, um, let's talk about Lisa Jenkins. Lisa Jenkins told me that she has this chair that she sits in, like her work chair that she loves that I wanted to buy, but I couldn't because they didn't ship to Israel. And I don't remember the name of the brand, but they, they're like $500 chairs. The yeah. thing is that if you type their name into Google, there are only amazing reviews. Only amazing. Only amazing reviews. So you literally go there and every single person only has amazing, fantastic things to say about this chair. I wish I remember the company name, but the product's $500, right? So now you see a Facebook ad for this product you might have never heard. And then you go on Google or Amazon or wherever, YouTube, and you watch reviews. And it's literally just people going, this is the greatest chair ever in history and changed my life forever, right? 
So for that sort of product, even though it's above the $250 threshold, it, it could work. work because it has the backing of the social proof and the reviews and all the other great and fantastic stuff. So, so there are always exceptions to these rules, but if you can get as many of these four pillars right before you ever spend any ads, spend money on ads, you can get a way better result with your ads by doing these things right so that you're not wasting all of your money with an unproven offer to people who don't want it, uh, with a product no one wants to buy, and, um, and then not making a profit after you've managed to do all the things wrong at the end. All right. So this is a fantastic strategy for people to use. So I have just a couple of like wrap up questions. Sure. Azrael, when somebody is starting a business, what has to happen before they call you? Right. For Facebook so ads? Step one is to build a warm audience. So I have a line that's, if you don't have a warm audience, find someone else with your warm audience. So again, if you are selling a product for babies, other people sell stuff to people who have babies. Right. So if you if you can find a mommy blogger, another business that will, you know, you pay them for an Instagram story shout out, you do a giveaway with them so that you can get in front of their audience. Like all there's so much stuff you could do to figure out influencer marketing to mm -hmm. do to get in front of people's existing warm audience that is the audience you want to be reaching. So rather than start running Facebook ads and hope that you're going to reach the right person with like a bunch of interests and sort of hope for the best, show up to, you know, think about where are these people already spending their time? Is there a blog I could buy a little Google ad from, whatever, uh, place an ad on there? Is there an email newsletter that I could pay for a full page email shout out? Like stuff like that, they exist and they there are people that are happy to take your money or there are yeah. people that have never even heard of taking your money and they're even better to work with because they're like, oh, $7, <laughs> that's a good amount. I will spend seven, I will take $7. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you want to build up your audience. The other thing you want to build up your ability to create content. What I, what I mean by that is even if you don't have good content, you want to have a way to know that the content you're making is working. We talked about, I'm just remembering, we talked earlier about the why I went into fashion brands, right? Yeah, we did. So, you so you and I were in the, in the green room, I think. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I mentioned to you with, before we were on the call, like why I like to work with fashion brands. The reason why I like to work with fashion brands is because they do a good job of doing these four things well. Yes. So how do they do these things well? Well, if they've managed to build their business where they're making two, three million dollars a year, they had to sell to someone, right? So right. they- they have those emails. All of a sudden they have an email list, right? They have a bunch of website visitors. They have a lot of engagement on Instagram. So if they've managed to build that initial traction, they did it by selling to people. So they did number one really well. That's the first thing they did very well. Number two, they did well was they created content for those users. And yes. the, the people wanted that content because that's why they bought the product in the content that they used. And that's number two. And then number three is they sold the product people wanted to buy because even if the content's amazing and the people are the right people, if they don't want the product, you'll stop selling because there'll be enough negative reviews uh, uh, about your site. Trust me, I've worked with companies with bad reviews and it, it is an uphill battle. And number yeah. four is they have a good average cart because when you buy a dress, when you buy uh, you know a handbag, when you buy jewelry, when you buy whatever it is, those things tend to be in that price range between 100 and 200. They add up. They add up. That actually was my last question. So when you talk about a card being between, say, 110 and 250, that includes multiple, usually multiple items in a right. cart, right, before checkout. So, yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that people could do, a lot of stuff businesses could do to either incentivize recurring sales 
or additional things like um, I actually am, I became friendly with a, man, a guy named Oren who owns a company called Fondue. And Fondue is like a genius idea of cashback offers. So essentially, you want to buy product in my store. If you pay, if you pay $100 in my store, I'll give you $20 back. It incentivizes users to get to that higher number. So yeah. I haven't told you what the bundle is. I haven't told you what you need to buy. But if you get to 100, you get $20 back. And the same sort of thing happens. You buy $240, whatever it is. Yeah. So it like creates this incentive, incentive system to just put more stuff in your cart and then you'll get cash back. And then hopefully you'll use that cash to buy more stuff from my site. <laughs> That's um, super smart. That's super smart. So, hey, we're, yeah. we're out of time. I This is fascinating. <laughs> Even though I work in organic, I love learning about this because of course, a lot of my clients start out organic and eventually mm -hmm. need yeah. Facebook ads. So knowing these are the pieces that they need. So if you're watching this and you're, dipping your toe into social media. Maybe you're an entrepreneur, maybe you have a new product coming out and you're thinking about eventually using ads to pump up the volume for selling, right? These are the four things that you need to do to get ready. And I think this has really been a great eye-opening conversation with you, Azriel. I appreciate your time to this, this afternoon for you, this morning for me, of being here and sharing this with my audience. Where can people find you yeah. on social? Where are you active? Well, I'm super active on Facebook. So okay. if you're on Facebook, you connect with me on Facebook, tell them that you watch the show because I got a lot of, I have like over 900 Facebook, Facebook friend requests. That just sort of happens. So if you are watching this and you want to connect, connect with me, send me a message and tell me that you watch the show. Happy to connect, happy to answer any questions that you have. And um, I really appreciate you having me on here. That's awesome. Well, I will be back next week with another episode of Strategy Talks. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And for now, have a great, wonderful week. Bye, everybody.